Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. I'm Benny and he's Lee. How you guys doing tonight? What's going on, Lee? Hey, Big Blue Nation. Hey, Benny. Great day yesterday for the Cats, and I hope you feel as good as I do today, Benny, but it sure sounds like you had a good time last night. You want to share a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I got some boys around. And, uh, they were born in Kentucky, but for some reason they're all state fans, and uh, I went to the to the bar with them last night, and I think they got a little aggravated with me. <laughs> but uh, they they wouldn't even give me a beer there at one point. I had to I had to send people to to get my beers for me. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I really did the the tweets you were sending out, and I thought you know that's why I said said something to you last night about I'd wear had worn my Michigan gear if I'd been up that way. But uh, I know they would have liked that too. Yeah, I mean. I, I enjoyed watching them lose. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Bye, good night. But I I enjoyed watching Kentucky beat Louisville too. That was that was a heck of a day for me yesterday. I really enjoyed the whole day all together. Had a lot of fun yesterday, and uh, I have to say we we made the call for last week for Nick Richards to prove us wrong, and uh, man, he come through in that one. I tell you what, Benny, we're doing a lot of things. I you know it's not. We just know the game. We watch the game. I think we understand these players. And, and we're not unlike a lot of the fans out there. They just don't have the platform like we do here. And we just get ours out there a little bit more. And you know, and, But there are a lot of similarities in, on Twitter from people we know and, and follow us and we follow. And, you know, it doesn't take a high basketball IQ to always figure out, you know, what needs to be done and what needs to happen to win a ball game. And, you know, I put out there yesterday we need to win at the guard position. We need to win on the rebounding, and, and and we did those things, and it was it was critical, and uh, our defense was outstanding. I can't say enough about what Keon Brooks and Nick Richards brought to the table yesterday, and Emmanuel quickly also, but just all around, I, I thought our defense was outstanding. Yeah, I thought so as well. I was I was really impressed. I have to say, I was. I mean, Louisville played pretty well too, but as far as defensively, and uh, I didn't think it was going to be a high. Game and it wasn't, and you know, I don't know. It just seems like if Maxie's to me, it seems like when Maxie's on, we're a really good team, and when he's not, we're we're just an an average team right now. But I've seen some growing in in a lot of different ways, and I noticed that you know we talked about it the last couple of weeks. I I hate to see it, and I hate to say it, but I, I didn't see Whitney, but about two minutes, and that that was. And I think, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, he struggled, and that's just that. And I think it was – you've seen how he's going to coach and what the rotation's going to be when we get to the nitty-gritty here, I think, is what you've seen yesterday. Yeah. And now, Cal Perry, he did come back and say after the game that, you know, Johnny Juzang and, and Khalil Whitney played fewer minutes than anybody on the team, he said, but they are a valuable part of the team. And down the road, he's going to have to have those guys. And – I think it goes back to what we alluded to earlier in the year, in the season, in that there's going to be a different cat steps up every game. 
I think what we saw with Maxi yesterday, I think we're going to see a lot of that. But with that, the teams are going to start trying to lock down and isolate on him and, and put more, you know, guard presence and, and defend him tougher. So I think Kentucky's one of those teams that we're going to have different outlets. We're going to be fine. Uh, you know, even Nick Sestina didn't – or Nate Sestina didn't have a great day yesterday. Uh, but uh, but his presence was known in there, and, and he did some good things. And without him, we wouldn't have won the game. I, we wouldn't have won the game without any one of those players that stepped on the court yesterday. I thought Nate did a great job yesterday, actually. I mean, the foul trouble <laughs> hurt him and Nick a lot. But I thought it Nate did. did really some big things yesterday, and he's got – gave us another – Another presence on the post. I really, I really liked the way he posted yesterday. Well, um, I thought he did some really big things. And we're going, we've got a pretty good show coming up for you. And uh, we're going to oh, have yeah. we Justin Rowland stopping by here in about, I'll probably about five minutes. Justin Rowland's going to come on. Me and him were kind of arguing <laughs> on the uh, on the Calipari thing the other day. It was, it was just a friendly argument, but we're going. We'll probably touch on that a little about the Calipari needing to change some things, and and I'm not necessarily buying into that, but but that's his opinion, and we're going to discuss it and see what see where it goes. And Roger a little bit Hart on yesterday too. Go ahead. Oh yeah, Roger. Sorry, Hart. Yeah, Roger will be stopping by a little later and uh, celebrating this Louisville win with us. We always like to get Roger's perspective because he doesn't he doesn't care to call it like it is and. See where he's standing with this team right now. I, I'm, I'm uh, optimistic, a lot more optimistic than I was probably a couple of weeks ago, or you know, in the Vegas trip for sure. Yeah, and I think once we get into the show, we're going to touch on a lot of that because you know you can look at the games. And I'll tell you, I mean, there's no doubt that the Evansville and Utah games to me were total flukes. I mean, we just flat out got beat. And it should have never happened. Those are two losses that we should have never taken. Now, I can handle the Ohio State game. I thought that game was was a legitimate game. Kentucky actually played a better game, definitely a better game than they did against Utah. And and we saw the growth from that game even into this Louisville game. And I'll tell you what, Louisville's no slouch. That's a good ball club. And their offensive efficiency was the one thing that worried me about going into that game with them. And Kentucky went in there and, and – like I said, they out-rebounded them, out-shot the team. They held Louisville down well below what they're normally shooting in the 40s. And uh, just an overall great game. And, and Cal had a great game plan. Honestly, I thought we could have won that game by – which I think we did end up winning 8-10. to 10, But I think we could have won that game 8-10 to 10 points in regulation if that whistle would have evened out. I, I mean, I don't like to be the guy that – I was about officiating. That's not what I'm doing here because we won the game and I'll take it. But I thought at one point there it was eight to one in the fouls, and I just thought, man, if you're going to call it that tight on this end, you got to call it that tight on the other end. I just didn't get the officiating at all. But Pat Adams was a member of that crew, and that right there, I mean, he's just not one of my favorites. No, and he caused some trouble early on, and you know the. It's kind of funny some of the things that that happen, and especially on Twitter, it's just it's funny that I had uh, one of the one of the old little high school coaches uh, voiced in on an opinion yesterday. One of my tweets was about the foul calls, and all I was asking that they call them even, 
And, and a matter of fact, I've got a little something on that. We're going to play a clip for you now from yesterday post game uh, with John Calipari and his opinion on the referee. I don't think I don't think that's coming through, Lee. Honestly, it's it's not. But, but that's just going to show you. Okay. But anyway, you can just give us a just body I don't know if you guys can even hear me or not, but I, I, I Cal just you. wanted to get called even. Yeah, he just wanted to game called even. And, uh, so anyway, I'll put that out on Twitter so anybody wants to hear it, they can hear it later on today. Yeah, I apologize. I just I couldn't hear it, and then I asked someone else if they could hear it, and they said no. So I was, but it is what it is. Some some of the audio there was no. Oh, usually don't have any trouble with that. I don't know what to do. And uh, no, not really. Sure got, got a message. Justin will be in in about five minutes from now, so that'll be good. But, but I- but I saw the, you know, the officiating in the second half seemed to get a little bit better, but they were still missing a lot of calls, and I think it was going both ways. And some of the, uh, there was a lot of flopping in the game, and the referees weren't calling that; they were letting it go as fouls, and a lot of that was going against Kentucky. So, you know, and I, I at times there it felt like Kentucky was going five against eight. Yeah, we got a lot of calls down the stretch. It seemed like when it. When it got really important, and I think it was from Calipari being on them the entire game. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of calls, but it seemed like they evened out when it mattered down the stretch there. And we got we got some calls that I thought we might not get, like on that charge that Nick picked up. I was a little bit concerned about that when I thought maybe that wasn't the charge, but it was. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it, and it did. It put Kentucky in a spot because we were really thin at the, at the big man position in center and, and forward. And, you know, that's one thing that, that's going to be, you know, key to watch going down the stretch, especially starting SEC play and, and once we get to the March Madness and NCAA tournament, is how, how Kentucky's going to be called in these games, how tight they're going to be called. And what does Cal do? I mean, he won't have any option but to play a little bit smaller. But we actually did play a little bit smaller yesterday with Quigley, Hagens, and Maxie, you know, collecting the most minutes. So it was, it was a good game plan, and, and Cal executed to a T. And I can't wait to hear what Justin says about it. He, he might eat a little crow, but that's okay. We all do at some point, being Kentucky fans, and there's nothing wrong with it. We all still believe blue, and we still believe in the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, no doubt about it. I thought, you know – I don't know what you thought, but I know everybody's been down on E. I thought he had the biggest play in the game. I, I don't know. What do you think about that play? The block shot. Which one? The block shot. Oh, I thought that was, was the biggest play in the game. On uh, which one were you talking about? On on 
You talking about E.J. Like, Montgomery or Keon Brooks? E.J. Montgomery late in the game. And oh, yeah. It looked like it was going to be a layup, and he just went up and erased it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's huge play in the game. I mean, probably the turning point of the game, one of them. And, you know, I think we had several there. But that was that was a statement. And E.J. was somewhat, you know, I wouldn't say it was invisible yesterday because I don't want to lessen that to anything. And, you know, I made a few comments about Keon Brooks yesterday. And he has some shortcomings. But my point being, when I sent out the tweet yesterday, was that this team needs Keon Brooks on the floor. He is your fifth guy, and, and yeah. bar none. And he's, and he's learning, and he's going to learn this game. And But the things that, that I really saw, and I thought it was a great lesson for kids out there, he, he got beaten on off the dribble, and the guy blew by him into the lane. But Keon went behind him and still ended up with the block. It almost looked like Nate Sustina had that block, but it was Keon because he never gave up on the play even though he was beaten. So that's key, and, and that's that's the fight that Cal wants to see. He don't want to see guys hang their heads and, and, and shrug it off. Keon stayed with the play and made a fantastic play out of it. And uh, and I thought that block was right up there with the one that EJ had. And one point I want to definitely make, because we've sure pointed that, and so have others, when it wasn't that great, that was one hell of a crowd. I mean, that was... That was that was like old time Rupp Arena right there, but they was in it. Yeah, and I tell you what, Roger Harden made a good point because that was one of his MVPs. I, I know it was uh, uh, Therese Maxey, and but he, I know Roger Harden also gave a co MVP out to the Rupp Arena crowd, Big Blue Nation. So yeah, it was fantastic. I know watching it from the television here at home, it, it was live, and and I wish I'd been there more than anything, but. Whoa, man, what a scene, and it looked like a lot of fun. And you know what? We didn't hear the announcers talk much about that damn ice cream. <laughs> hey, and I'm going to tell you, my son brought his girlfriend over for the first time she's ever been around during the U.K. game, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> wrong game, because you're going to hear some words you probably don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, hopefully she was in church today. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, you know what? It's fun, and I tell you what, it it was. It turned into a nail biter in that second half, and there were moments I was I was concerned, and there was one play that stood out to me. I I I remember saying it's late in the second half. What are you doing? And that was Nate Richards tried to pop about a ten foot jump shot. I, I didn't understand that at all. But of course, if it had gone in, it'd been beautiful. But he missed it, and but I just didn't understand that. But you know, luckily they they overcame that. And, uh, you know, they they overcame some mistakes. But uh, all in all, it, it was a fun game to watch. And, man, what a job they did on the war. Man, he, they really totally shut him down, and that was Brooks and Quickly. And what a job they did defensively on that guy. One thing that I'm really – that I really took away from this game that helps me as far as, you know, the way I watch games and I'm a, the way I judge teams is – I felt really good at the end of that game with the ball in Maxie's hands. I thought he did some great things, and that's what we needed. I mean, we needed a guy that could take over in certain situations, and I think it's going to be him. We have, we've asked that question a few times, but I think it's definitely going to be him. You know, and I think one thing we're forgetting a little bit in all this talking, and one guy we haven't mentioned all day very much, and that's Ashton Hagens. And you look at Ashton's assist yesterday, and he still, I think, put in eight points, six or eight points, if I'm not wrong. 
and I believe it's eight or ten assists, but what a game. And defensively, that still at the end of the game was just icing on the cake, And but it was it came at a great time. And Ashton played a wonderful game. I mean, I really think, you know, I, I still think the game for Kentucky right now goes through him, but I, I know what you're saying, Benny, and I, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying Max is going to be that guy that we can count on steps up every night because I, I feel like I think that's what you're saying, and I, I agree with you because, man, he's got a shot. The kid is not scared to shoot the ball. And I tell you what, he was dead on yesterday. Hey, uh, we got somebody calling in here. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Hey, is it I wasn't Justin? sure if it was you or not. This is, this, is, this, is, this is Justin Rowland. Yeah, I guess I should identify myself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Justin. Thanks for calling I'll in. Take deal. We're glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys you for asking. Us. Performance yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the one of the best games they played this season. If they had played like that against, you know, the other teams on their schedule, they certainly would have beaten. Uh, Utah and Evansville. I think Ohio State was, you know, for my money, Ohio State was pretty clearly the best team they played this year, the most complete team, the most challenging team in, ter- in terms of what they throw at you. But, you know, Louisville is a, is a gritty, super tough defensive team. And, you know, Kentucky Kentucky has really matched the intensity of two really good teams, Ohio State and Louisville, back-to-back um, for all but a few minutes at the end of that Ohio State game. And that that's a really good sign. What do you make of Nick yeah, Richards? I, I just ahead. don't know. Go ahead. So that I mean, I guess the narrative that that is out there about Nick is he was really improved at the start of this season. And uh, you know, that's from Michigan State, where it didn't show up on the stat sheet, but anybody who watched that game knew how he played. Uh, through, you know, dominating statistically against the lesser teams on the schedule. And then I think everybody started to doubt when he just kind of went missing in action in Las Vegas. And it was totally reasonable for everybody to doubt because he's looked good before. The problem has been when he's encountered adversity, he's had a tendency to just disappear. And it's gone, when it's gone bad, it's gone really bad. And what he hasn't done a lot of, in his three years at Kentucky is what he did uh, yesterday. When he rallied, he rebounded, he dug into those reserves, and he bounced back quickly when Kentucky needed him. And, you know, I, the Calipari era has really skewed how we think about things, you know, because 15, 20 years ago, it was not uncommon for some five stars to just need a couple of years of development before they were re- really ready to become big-time players. And, you know, he looks like a junior, one of the older guys on the court for the first time in his career because this is one of the first times in, in his career when he is one of the older guys on the court. So looks like he, he's coming along nicely. Yeah, and I think – what do you think as far as, you know, a player like that and, and when they do come in and, and the difficulty of accepting that they're not – you know, quite ready to go to the NBA or the next level after one year. How, how do you think that plays into their their EMO in, in, in their mind? I mean, I'm, I think that would be a little bit troublesome for some of these kids, and especially somebody like Nick that's been there for three years, and, and we've all seen the potential, and we know what potential he has to offer, and where it's day in, day out. And, and what, what do you think the grind is on him and, and what, what he expects of himself? Yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of a, a Twitter back and forth with Mike DeCourcy, who I like and respect, a few 
you know, I, I think this one was a couple of weeks ago where maybe even just a week ago where I, I don't blame Calipari for, for this necessarily, but I think it's just inevitable. I think it's pretty undebatable that for, for a lot of the Calipari era, there was a stigma attached to having to come back for a second year. There was, you know, you pick Kentucky because you were going to be one and done. And if you weren't one and done, that was, in a sense, either a failure or a mark um, that signified failure. And that didn't mean nobody came back. We knew for, you know, for reasons, you know, that, that were kind of, you know, unique. Terrence Jones came back. But, you know, increasingly, I think you're seeing that stigma go away. And P.J. Washington, you know, what he did from year one to year two last year is, is certainly going to help that. And if Nick Richards has that kind of two to three year transformation, it's going to help other guys you know, realize maybe coming back for second, third year is not the end of the world. And Justin, the reason that, that I asked you to come on, I think I asked you last week and we were going, we were having kind of a back and forth on Twitter about Calipari and you think he needs to change some things. And I was just curious. I, I mean, you know what you, what, what do you do the offense? Is that what you're worried about? I, Cause I didn't get a chance to actually talk with you on that. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll put it in context. Like, Calipari is obviously the right guy for the job. There's no, I mean, if, you, if you're one of those people who posts on our website anonymously who thinks that the Calipari era has been disappointing or, or bad, you know, you're, you're insane. Like, it obviously has not been bad. There's, there has also been, on the flip side, a clear delineation between the first five years of the Cal era and the last five years, he, there has not been as much success, and some of that has coincided with not getting as many top five players. My only point is, he either needs to get the top five players, and Terrence Clark is a good step in the right direction, or I think he needs to either catch up or get ahead of the curve on the way basketball at every level is trending. And we're talking high school, college, pro the analytics back it up. What What is high-efficiency offensive basketball? And I know Ken Palm and some efficiency measures will say they're doing fine. They're top 15 in offense every year. But in a, in a sport where you get knocked out for losing one game, if you are routinely at a deficit from the three-point line, you're leaving yourself very vulnerable, and you're leaving yourself very little margin for error. And I'm not saying Kentucky has to shoot 35 threes a game, but they can't consistently get 10, 15, 20 fewer points from the three-point line than some of their opponents. I just think that's a lot to make up. Well, I've always yeah, believed that it was better to go to the foul line and try to get to the foul line like pretty much the way he does play, especially when you're shooting 80%. That's just been my thought. I kind of like the way he does it. Maybe I'm a little too old school. Maybe I need to change as well. But that's, no, I, nobody's going to nobody's going to complain going to the foul line. You're right. They, they, the problem is they didn't do that against against Utah and Ohio State, and Las Vegas. And when you're not shooting 15 more free throws than your opponents, you can't really make up that three point deficit. So, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm that I think he needs to scrap the whole model or that he's not the right guy. But there is a reason why the whole sport is moving towards a greater emphasis on the three-point line, and it's because that it's it's one of the higher efficiency ways of scoring. Yeah, and and, and this year I think Kentucky's going to have to rely on a little bit more than in the past, even just because of our lack of of people inside. You know, when we get EJ 
you know, sustain that or Nick in foul trouble, then we then we have to go small, and it makes it just that much tougher to score inside. And and really, our inside efficiency hasn't been that good. You know, and we did pretty good against Louisville, but you know, all in all, unless we play some of the weaker teams, but I think that's going to get tougher as we go in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, it, it's not like Callis is has been totally to blame for for the poor shooting this year. He's not the one taking the shots. You recruited Sestina thinking he was going to be like a 40% outside shooter. You didn't think that Tyrese Maxey was going to be 20% from outside the arc in the first one-third of the season. And I think I think some of it was fluky. I think this can still be a, a decent to a pretty good three-point shooting team. They just haven't been it so far. Um, I kind of chuckle when I hear people say, well, if this team shoots like they did against Louisville, then – you know, they're going to be hard to beat. Anybody who shoots 50% from three is hard to beat. You know, <laughs> anybody's going to win a lot of games doing that. Um, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I mean, they, they're still in my mind, one of the eight to 10 to 12 teams that has a chance to win the championship if some things break their way. But this team does not have as much margin for error as some of his other teams in my mind. Yeah, right, pretty much if Maxie goes well, Kentucky goes well, seems to me. I don't know. It seems that. like when Maxie's, when Maxie's playing well, Kentucky's oh, yeah. fine. But that's that's the only go-to guy that – or he's going to have to be the go-to guy. Let's put it that way. And I thought he'd done an excellent job against Louisville. And when he had the ball in his hands, I thought he made great decisions down the end there. And I give him all the credit, and I'd just like to see more of that from him. Well, yeah. I think Quickly's yeah. capable of that, too. Quickly's definitely capable. And, you, and I don't know if that was you, Justin, that put – you know, watch out for this team when I see Emmanuel quickly close his eyes for a moment before he shoots a free throw. That might have been you, but I'm not sure yesterday. But, yeah. But yeah. Uh, quickly, I mean, that's a guy that really, to me, he, he's, he played a great game yesterday, don't get me wrong, but he has so much more potential. And I think that, you know, and we're going to see it, guys. Max is going to get locked down by somebody going forward because they're not going to let him just run rampant out there. And when they do, I think quickly is going to be that guy that steps up because we all know he can shoot too. Yeah, they got a, they have a, a potentially fantastic backcourt. The problem in the first 11 games is the backcourt was more good than it was great. But I think it can be great. It can be a great backcourt, and we expected it to be. And, uh, I mean, quickly, he's the kind of guy that you just – you're comfortable if he's taking a shot with the clock winding down. He, he does not flinch. He's, he's just got the look of somebody who wants it. And uh, and even more so this year than last year. And Hagens has, has been the most consistent player on the team. He was only three of eight from the field. But he's he's had like ten assists per game over their last six games. And he's turned into a legitimate All-American candidate at point guard. And, you know, you're right. I think you're right. Maxie is – the difference between Maxie, you know, being a ten-point guy and Maxie being what he was against Michigan State and Ohio State is huge. Like, he can be – a Brandon Knight level player this year, the kind of Brandon Knight that carried them to the final four. He's that kind of scorer shooter at every level. And, uh, and if he's that, then they're going to, they're going to be pretty good. And just if you, if you would just tell everybody where to follow you. Cause I, I didn't know the number when you were calling in, it was a different number than I had. And yeah. I didn't tell everybody where to follow you and what you where to read your stuff. And so go ahead and just tell everyone. I appreciate that. Yeah, Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, Rivals, and that's on Twitter, at Roland Rivals. And then 
work at catsillustrated.com or kentucky.rivals.com. So obviously the website's famous for the Rough Rafters message board. I don't know if famous or infamous is, is the best way to put that, but uh, but we do write and, and do stuff there too. So, yeah. Well, I know we appreciate what you do, and I know Big Blue Nation does as well, and you guys do a lot of great stuff. Thanks a lot, yeah, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Not a problem, and we appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, I don't, I won't keep you any longer. I know you got things to do, and but I really, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man, guys, let's do it again. Y'all have a good night. All right. All right. Justin, have a happy new year. Thank you. All right, you too. Bye, bye, guys. Ben, he shared some good thoughts there. You know, I think one thing that we get into, Benny, is you know we we say the Calipari era all the time, and you know. Calipari's just, he's recruiting the guys that are out there. I mean, if he doesn't recruit them, every other coach out there is going to recruit those kids. So, you know, it's tough. And, you know, when you miss these guys and they go to another school, you you know, you're left with what you have. And, you know, I don't – Cal can't get into the business of trying to recruit the top four and then some of the worst four players that are going to be there for four years either. So, I think Cal's doing everything right. I think I think he's got the right idea, and and I, and Justin agreed with that, and you know, but yeah, I, I see what they're saying about the efficiency, and when you start breaking it down like that, I can see that a little bit, and but you know, what, what's Brad Calipari shooting up there in Detroit this year? It's unreal. I think forty six percent, maybe fifty, yeah, maybe fifty percent. He's yeah. going crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but yeah. And I don't know. I haven't looked at Detroit's schedule. There's a difference there too, and, and not to say that he wouldn't be contributing this year. But I, I just think defensively, I don't, I don't see it, and I think that was the best thing he could do. But, but yeah, I agree. Maxie's the guy, and you know we need quickly to come along, and things are starting to click. I, I know it's one game, but it, it seemed like we we took major steps, and I can't wait for the SEC. I mean, we here, here it comes right now, folks. I mean, we've got Missouri next week, and and that's going to be a good one, too. I think we're in better shape than than we thought we were. I really do. I mean, and we may turn around and lose five in a row. I don't know. You can never predict this stuff. But if we can play, if we continue to trend in the same direction that we've trended with Ohio State and Louisville, it's going to be good for us. I mean, I, I really believe I really believe in this team. I, I said that on Twitter. And I, I meant it. I really believe in this team. I don't know when it's all going to come together just right, but it's going to come together. And I think Maxie, Hagens, and uh, Quickly are the key, honestly. And it's it's a little different than normal. The backcourt is the key this year, but I have faith in those guys, and I I think they'll get it. I think they'll get there, and they'll get there sooner rather than later. Yeah, and we talked last week about, you know, the importance of court chemistry, and we started seeing some of that yesterday. And and the longer these kids play together and are together, and and every game they play, every practice they have, they're developing that court chemistry, and it's all going to come together. And I thought they looked great yesterday. It seemed like, you know, a lot of times we were in the right place at the right time, but that's part of it, and that's positioning and everything else. But it goes with it, but – I like what I saw yesterday, and I just said it's just going to be better. The fact that we pulled that game out in overtime, because I'm telling you, when it went to overtime, I was not confident at all. I'm not going to lie. I thought, well, they played great, but I don't, I don't know how we overcome this because we're in foul trouble, 
you know, Louisville's on a run, and they just they just walled up and and did it, and that's that was a major step. And I know the Rupp crowd helped with that because that was probably the best crowd I've seen in a long time. But but you and, know they did. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, I hats off to Nick Richards. I thought that overtime, he he wanted it. That that was the fight that we know he has. He showed it. Let's just hope he can hold on to it because if he can do it against Louisville, he can do it against anybody. But he basically willed that team to a win, and everybody else sat on that court with him. And great game. I was like you, Benny. I was concerned too, just because Louisville came from behind and. And they had a little bit of a hot streak going, and you know I was I was genuinely concerned too. But we made the baskets when we needed. We made the stops. We got the rebounds, and it, it was great overtime. And it was another great win in the Louisville Kentucky rivalry. And yep, little brother, we got you again. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, he's he's what eleven and two now against Louisville. Uh, yeah. Technically, technically yeah. eleven and one because the one don't count. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's a heck of a record. I mean, and I don't know, you know, Chris Mack, you know, I'm not going to say he was talking a little bit of smack or anything, but he he was alluding that Kentucky didn't run a whole lot. And, you know, but what they run is efficient. And, and if you guys want to see some of the breakdown on some of the plays, go see David Sisk on Twitter. He broke he down some plays on there. <laughs> yeah, broke down some weaves and – some great things Kentucky did. And it's nice to go back and watch that film. And i tell you what, you know, that's one thing I, I wish I could do a little bit more of and had time to do a little bit more of is go back and watch some of these plays and, and even break them down and run them back on, on slow and slow speed and, and like the old VCR days. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun to watch game film and watch a game over and see what happens and, and focus on certain areas and other areas on the court. It's, it's a blast. And uh, I wish I had more time to do it. Yeah, he's. If you don't follow him, you're missing out. He's he's a really good follow, and I always go back after the game and and check out what he's tweeting because he'll he'll break it down where you don't even have to break it down. He'll break it down for you, and you and you can just see what's going on. I mean, it's, it's I love it. You you just watch it. That's right. It's, it is. It's enjoyable, and uh, he shows a lot of good things, and he even shows some of the bad things, and those those are what you learn from and. You know the Kentucky kids could watch that and learn a whole lot, and and uh, it's definitely something good for young young basketball players out there to watch. And you know the biggest thing I could ever tell anybody out there, and anything they ever do is is never give up on it. If you want something bad enough, get it. And you know, and I still go back to that Keon Brooks play yesterday. He could have just let that go. And you know, Nate Sustainer was there, but Nate wasn't going to stop this guy. But I tell you what, Keon got on his horse and. Yeah, it just—it was one of those plays, and I thought, man, that's a difference maker. That's a difference maker, and that's the fight that we've been wanting to see. These kids don't give up, attack, and go after them, and it, it was awesome. It's just a great game yesterday, and I'm still on cloud nine over it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many game balls that you could give out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I give it to Keon, if I give it to Nick, or if I'd give it to uh, Tyrese. I, I just don't know. There's so game balls you could give out yeah. and that's a sign of a team coming together and starting to play the right way when, sure when you could pick multiple guys and, and you know we talk a lot Benny on on these kids and, and letting the game come to you because basketball does it's one game you can't force it and 
you know, and it's understanding your role. And I saw a lot of that yesterday too. I started seeing some of these kids accepting their role. And and like we said earlier, and even Coach Cal on, on Johnny Juzang and and uh, Whitney, these guys I believe are going to play a key critical role in this team's run. And down the road, down the line somewhere, they're going to be an important piece of this team. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean. They're all going to be important, but sometimes you know you can just you can see where the rotation headed, and I think I think yesterday's a big indicator. Oh yeah, and I, I look for Keon Brooks to have a big game. I look for him to have a big breakout game, and you know it, it could come any time. I mean, he's that capable of a player, and really, it's going to be dictated by the team they're playing and the defense that they're playing against Kentucky. And, you know, and that's old Cal or, or the team to recognize it and take advantage of it. But Keon, Keon's a big threat, too. And But, you know, there's games where your your key role is just to lock down a player, lock them down defensively and don't let them score. And if you face Gardner, you face Gardner. And, uh, you know, one, in that role – One thing he should have learned here. from yesterday is that all you've got to do to play for this man is play defense. I mean, he didn't care what else <laughs> he right. did. <laughs> Nope. And and I can't say enough about the bigs and even the guards. I mean, we just a total I thought the team team effort defensively was amazing. And if we could do that, we can win any game out there. There's not a team that Kentucky is unable to beat. And but that's the effort it takes and, and they've got to give it forty minutes and, and there's no letting off the gas pedal. They've got to stay on it and 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 show some grit, and we saw it yesterday, and, and they survived that run from Louisville to come back, and that that was the finish, and that's what I wanted to see because we didn't have it against Ohio State, and I'm telling you, the Evansville-Utah games to me are just flukes. They should not even be losses. It never should have happened. I blame Cal a little bit on the Utah game. I think he could have changed up a little bit there, but they should, there's no way that we should have three losses this year. The Ohio State okay. game, I think, was real, but even it was possible that we won that game. And realistically, Kentucky right now could be undefeated. Well, I tell you, Calipari will, and and a lot of games that we've lost throughout his career here, he's he likes to let the players try to figure things out. He'll do that in a Louisville game, as you noticed. But I'm just saying, in yep. certain games, he likes to let the players play through and try to figure out. Because he talks about team empowerment all the time, and that's where he's headed with this. You know, that's his end goal is to have these guys where they can coach themselves out there, and that's and that right. that will make them not have to think so much when they're out there. You know, yeah, and it pays off at the end. And how many times has he has he told those guys that? You know, he wants that floor general out there, and right now we know it's Hagen's, but you're right, he wants all the kids empowered and and do the right thing and. And, and and you said it just a second ago, Benny, is that's the defensive effort. That's what Cal wants to see. You play defense like that, you're going to play. Cal yeah, I mean, he, every day. he plays like that on defense, and he becomes a shutdown man. He don't care if you miss an open shot. <laughs> He's not going to jerk you out. Like, you know, if it's, it's what players – the effort. I mean, that's all they ask for. That's it, all any coach asks yeah. for. That's right. And that's effort. the only difference between Nick this week and last week is the effort. That's it. And I just don't understand how a kid can't give effort. It just it just doesn't resonate with me. I know it doesn't with you. 
And, and I think that's one of the most confusing things that we have sometimes that we have to talk about where these guys go. Why didn't they show up? What happened to them? They just disappeared. Is how you can how you can put a Kentucky uniform on and step out on that Fort Rupp or even at a opposing away game, opponents Coliseum or Stadium, and how you but just having that Kentucky jersey on, that Kentucky across your chest, and how you can't go out there and give effort just boggles my mind. And and here in just a little bit, we're going to be talking to a guy that actually did wear that Kentucky across his chest, Roger Harden, and I know he's going to have a lot to say about that and. And, and yesterday's game as well, the games before that, and uh, the Utah-Ohio State game. And, and Rod, speaking about Roger, I mean, we think of Roger as a friend and now, and uh, I tell you what, you know, Benny and I think a lot of him and, and, and still admire everything he did at Kentucky and uh, big fans of his too. And But I, I really love the latest tweets from Roger on Twitter. Uh, he's really been letting some things fly out there, and I love it because he's always off the hip, and he shoots you straight, and uh, I can't wait to talk to him again. Well, I think he, it's going to be sooner than you think because i got him on here right now. Welcome to the show. How about Peter. that? Benny and Lee, what's up? <laughs> Roger, what's happening, buddy? Hey, good to hey. hear from you, man. I was going to stop him, Roger, but I was just going to let you let him swell your head just a little bit more there. <laughs> Boy, I was hyping Benny, you up big time, but, hey, you know, it's easy to hop up a legend, right? Give it all <laughs> to me, baby. I love it. I'm, I, I, I turned 56 years old on the 19th, and the great thing hey. about, the big, about the Big Blue Nation, they remember their players. And the older we get, the better we were. So I love it. It gives me when I'm sixty, I will be an all American guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, well, but well, happy belated birthday, Roger. And I'll tell you what, I November fourteenth I hit the big five six myself, so we're about the same age. we are the same age, so uh but I didn't get to wear Kentucky across my chest like you did. I mean, I had to go buy my shirt at the local T-shirt shop, but I didn't get to put the jersey yeah. on like you. And But, uh, yeah. man, what did you think about yesterday's game? Well, first of all, I love to rehash the game with Benny and Lee on the Benny and Lee podcast. I wish we could have done it all live last night till 2 a.m., but, Wow, what a game, first of all. As a fan, to just sit and watch it, it was great. You know, we all watched the game a little bit different, and the Louisville game, to me, always evokes such emotion because I was there from the very beginning, and uh, I thought our basketball team and our basketball program and our fans desperately needed that game yesterday. I thought our fans were fantastic. I thought our guys' effort, they gave inspiration yesterday, and I think everybody is just feeling great about Kentucky basketball right now. So as far as the game is concerned, I thought it was a great game. I mean, you know, it was a total team effort by our guys. If I was going to break it down, I thought both teams in the first half put on a defensive clinic. I thought, you know, the differences in the defenses, though, were Coach Calipari likes to get out there and get in the passing lanes and disrupt your 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 defense and speed the game up, whereas Chris Mack plays it just a stubborn defense, but he doesn't take as much chances out there. They clog the lane with that pack line defense, and they just don't make too many def- defensive mistakes. So 
you know, it wasn't much offense in the first half except late in the first half when we got got, got things going, we got it in transition. Anytime we made our runs, you got you guys know I'm a speed freak, right? And when I everybody out there in the big blue nation and you guys need to put into perspective when I talk, I'm talking about as a former player, we're always looking for freedom. We want more freedom. We want to run. And the coaches that you play for, they want to rein you in. They don't quite trust you yet. So just watching that inside the Kentucky basketball team. But yesterday, I thought our guys came back from adversity. From losing a 15-point lead at home to come back and get the W, that showed a lot of maturity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you, Roger. I think every player, anybody that's ever played the game, when you're out running in, in that fast break and you've got transition going, in in your mind, there's nobody that's going to stop you. You're going to that basket and you're going to score. One way or the other, you're going to score. And it, it, that's a feeling that's fun. And I'll tell you what, it, there's nothing like it when you when you can do that. And, and quickness and or speed kills. And and uh, But, yeah, we got a little taste of it late in the first half, and it was fun to see. And, and we got it early in the second as well. I think where we let the game slip away from us was was we lost our focus. I think defense won the game for us, if I had to pick anything, uh, even though uh, Louisville got away from their game plan when we got in transition. They started mirroring our play. They stopped. They got away from their game plan. We're going to see. Ohio State gave everybody the blueprint against Kentucky. And that is to go inside early, get Nick Richards in foul trouble, because when we don't have that rim protector, we're a little we're a little easier to uh, we're a little easier to score on. So they they are going after him. If you remember how quick Ohio State got into the bonus, I knew from listening to Chris Mack this uh, week and some of their player interviews, they were going to go to the middle. And that's where you're going to draw your fouls. When Kentucky draws our fouls, we get to the foul line off of our dribble drive with guys going to the hole. We've got to get Nick, who I thought had some some just tremendous moves on the block yesterday. What about that that sweeping left-hand hook down the middle? He hit mm-hmm. a few nice jumpers. But we've got to get him where he can start to draw some fouls with that great length of his and return the favor with them to get them in foul trouble. Last year, we could put P.J. down on the block because it's very important. Coaches are very conscientious about who gets to the bonus first because they want to get to the foul line, and both teams were in the bonus, Louisville and Ohio State, relatively early, early in the first half, and that always presents problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and not just in, in stretching out the game. It, it makes the game longer, but in that situation, you already have people in foul trouble to, to have the other team in, in the bonus situation. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, we know, you know, in Kentucky, as far as our inside game, you know, I, I think we're just limited there. And, you know, really, you know, we have 15 fouls to give. And, you know, Cal looked a little concerned there, even in the second half when that was happening with Nick and – and Nate already had, was burdened with fouls. But, you know, where does he mm-hmm. turn to? We can only go so small. Yeah. And I think we're going to have yeah. to see that some as the season goes on. I think we're going to see some some moments where Cal's going to try to steal minutes as, he, you know, he's done in the past. Yeah. Well, Louisville got back in the game when they went back to their original game plan, and they 
they brutalized us on the block, both in the overtime late in the game and during that comeback stretch where they came back from 15. You go back, they were they were just taking it to the block consistently, trying to get yeah. us in foul trouble. And they've yeah. got two good low push ball players. And defensively, I you know, I hate to say anything about Nick Richards with the inspirational performance he had yesterday, but he's got to learn to play defense and not get in foul trouble because we have yeah. to have him. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's going to be coming out every game. Double the Enoch there toward the end, but they never did. I was waiting on him to double and get it out of his hands because he was killing them. Yes. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of having the inside game, Benny. Once we start to double – if they, if you've got three point shooters, see that's a, that's another thing that that our our if we have that big that can post up, those guys can get better three three ball looks. But actually, I thought our we shot well from the three yesterday because our three point looks a lot of them came in transition, and they came out of scattered uh, uh, they came out of broken plays. So I yep. don't doubt that this team can shoot. I'm not surprised that we went seven for 15 yesterday. I've never been one to believe that these guys can't shoot. I think it's been the rhythm of the offense, and I think it's been the chemistry on the team. All uh, Cal's all but said that we've got to we've got to get better chemistry. What that means is we got some guys that are looking after me as as opposed to we. And once we all get like we were yesterday, except in a few situations where our only purpose out there is to win the ball game. It liberates the way you think about when you shoot. Am I getting mine? He's taking one out of, out of offense, et cetera, et cetera. What goes on internally in guys' minds when they're out there playing, they know when a guy takes a four shot or doesn't. That really is a buzz kill for your team chemistry. Yesterday I saw very little of that. I saw very little of it in the Michigan State game. In fact, I saw none of it in the Michigan State game. But when you have a big game like that, you're back against the wall. The pressure has a way of cleansing out that selfish ball player. You guys start to think about the way that you're playing or the, the profile that you're getting in the media. And you guys focus because you, you play against a team like that, you can get embarrassed. And those guys are big-time players, and they don't want to be embarrassed. And that, that brings them together. And it's got to feel good. It had to feel good on that team yesterday out there on the floor, everybody's rolling, their defense, we're on the floor, the ball was moving, it was great basketball, and hopefully that will continue, that mindset. And, and just the win itself should be enough motivation for how they played, and, and if they can put that together, then there's going to be a lot of good things left for this team to get done. Yes, I'm I'm – I'm blindedly optimistic about them. <laughs> if we have that attitude, if we have that attitude. <laughs> good. Benny, I was worried about you. I was going to call a doctor this week. I said, Benny's getting ready to have a basketball breakdown. He's worried. Yeah. Every now and then I check on Twitter, and I'm like, Benny's out there. My God, he, we're playing Louisville. We just came yeah. off two big losses. I'm like, I need to call somebody to go over there and talk to Benny. He needs a pep talk. How about Coach Mangione come back in? He's great at pep, yeah. talk, pep talks. Let's go get Benny up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was worried when, when I saw that he was over in Ohio, in Ohio with Ohio State fans at a bar. I thought, man, he's really slipped <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, I love it. We that love you, They don't like me much today. <laughs> they don't like me much today. I was – 
I was yeah. cheering against the boys last night. <laughs> yeah. But uh but no, hey, that was great. So many so many good things happened yesterday for the program and for this team from the way that I look at it. I mean, everybody had big moments. Quickly hitting the free throws, Nick hitting free throws, the defense. EJ, I thought had here's what was encouraged to me encouraging to me about EJ. EJ had some big plays and they were late in the game. And usually the way EJ has started is the way he ended, and he didn't have a real good first half. He had a few things not go his way, both on offense and defense, but he came back and he made some big plays towards the end of the first half and in overtime that gave me great confidence that his mentality, it's just that, it's just getting your mind to this next mentality where you're playing from a place of confidence and you can play through mistakes and it doesn't even bother you. Uh, and I've been through that, and I saw EJ, I think, mature a little bit. Won't, you can't look point. He what, didn't have a stat stuffer, but but he had some of those nice plays. I think I heard you mention that earlier, Benny, that you thought he had some great plays towards the end of the game, regulation, everything, and I thought that was great as well. So he's leaving as well, uh, like he had contributed as well. So I was, I was thrilled for him. Yeah, I thought the block shot he had was the play of the game, actually. I he, uh, I can't remember the exact time, but it was it was either late in regulation or early in overtime. He just erased it, but I thought it was yeah. going to be a layup. It was huge. It was huge. And, and, Roger, you touched on that a little bit there, too. And I think that was part of the problem yesterday with EJ and Nate and Nick, all three, was the early foul uh-huh. trouble. And, uh-huh. you know, avoiding foul trouble now. Yeah, and I know there were some questionable calls, and there was one on Nick that, that was a really bad call, and it wasn't the charge, but it was the other one. And it was a really uh-huh. bad call. He was on defense. And so what is – and from your perspective, what does that do to a player when you, it feels like the, the referee is all over you and and, uh-huh. and you're playing a good game, you're playing clean. So you're going to pick up – if you're a scrappy player like Roger Harden was and like the Cats were uh-huh. yesterday, you're going to pick up uh-huh. that, that two or three fouls because of just your effort and your hustle and your 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 fighting out there. But what about those well, calls that you get that the that, that are awful and, and how does that affect the players on the court? I mean, it has to affect you some way or another. Well, we just Kentucky fans throughout generations know, particularly when we get ready to go into the SEC, just accept that we're going to get some bad calls. Just, just, and, and, and if you react to it and you get sucked into the injustice of it, it's going to affect you mentally and it's going to affect the way that you play. I think if you just don't expect that, and, and I think you've got to learn, there's a way to learn to play defense that if, if you're going to reach, I agree with you. I thought Nick had a couple of calls on him that I, were highly questionable. He, and, and I think we were all proud of the way that he played with four fouls. He's got to maintain that mentality. But you can't yeah. let that turn your mentality, which is then going to turn it – only, it will only be as effective as much as you let it. I know it's a foul. You might have to sit down, but the rest of the team has to absorb that. We can't get into where we're – even though I believe we're victims at the University of Kentucky with referees, we can't adopt that mentality as a ball player. we got to keep playing, and we can't put ourselves in a position – 
where the referees can can really make you know make a difference in the game that call late that's going to decide it. I think we've got enough talent to do that. Um, what I liked yesterday, and let me preface this by saying, and I, I mentioned it earlier, I want to go back to our offense real quick for anybody that's out there listening from my Twitter and you guys. I think where we're going to see growth is there's always this tension between your team and your coach. And yesterday I saw Cal loosen the reins a little bit. We got more in transition, and I can assure you that the team wants more of that. That's what he's calling a player-driven team. And I look for that team yesterday took a big step to being able to play without looking to the bench, taking care of situations out there, and creating offense that doesn't come from the plays that Coach Cal's got. We're getting them out of transition. We're, We're running through passes. I thought Higgins did a great job of getting up there. I think the, the, the faster we play, I think the better we're going to be and the better we're going to shoot threes and the more even you're going to see guys start to score. When you play in a system like that, guys feel like it's equal. When you run sets for certain players, other players who are capable of doing that get discouraged. That's what goes on on the inside. So I think as he uh, loosens the reins even more, and I saw him do it yesterday, I think we're going to start to see our shooting percentage go up. We're going to start to see the Keon Brooks and the Whitney's and some of those guys start to do some of the things that they can do. Remember, these guys are used to having they, – they weren't used to being having the offense built around them in high school. They were the offense, and now they're in a system. And that for the first time in their life, they're playing with guys that are better than them. They're running into challenges. The coach isn't just giving him the ball and letting him do anything they want. So these guys are adjusting. So as the season goes along, I think there's a lot of offense still on the shelf that this, that this big blue nation is going to be watching in about two weeks. If, if we keep the right attitude, we keep the win first, the purpose of going out there and just getting the W and we're going to fight and whatever we have to do with that uh, 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 never say die attitude. It's just going to be beautiful to watch if we can continue to keep that team attitude. That's the key for me really with any team, but particularly with a team that's a little young, you got to get your mind off yourself and do whatever you can to, to, to win. Nate Sestina epitomizes that type of mentality, whether he's on the bench, whether he's not shooting or he is shooting, he always seems like his head's in the game. And when he gets it, he's playing to make something happen. Yeah, and I really thank a lot of him and, and Ashton Higgins as well. And I tell you what, Ashton's growing up right in front of us. And I thought, you know, the stat sheet, man, he had some assists yesterday and at a few points, but he led that team and just a great job. And I tell you what, I, I really do believe he's the best point guard in the country. And I think Nate Sestina is going to be a key piece of this team. And I think he's got to be on the floor. I I couldn't agree with you more. Here's what Ashton Higgins is learning, that every great point guard that, that comes in as a scorer, most of the point guards that come in, I average close to 30, you begin to realize that you can control the game unbelievably. You can cut a team up by being a John Stockton, a Magic Johnson, and you're making it happen for other guys. And I think when Ashton 
as he continues to embrace that and he becomes a double double guy where he's wanting that 10 assists just as much as he's want because he is a hawk going to the hole and his three yeah. ball I trust his three ball and he can he can horse you he is a strong son of a gun going to the rack he's going to draw a lot of attention and when as he starts to dine people more throughout there and he embraces that more when his mentality gets gets even more like that, the rest of those guys are going to love playing with him, and it's just going to be on fire, and we will be a completely player-driven team like we were in 2012 when we won the Natty. Well, that's what we want. <laughs> that's that's right. So I'm just, you can tell I'm fired up about this team, baby. We've got to win it every year. You know that, Roger. <laughs> I, I believe it till I can't. <laughs> I tell you guys, yeah. I, I really do like this team. On there, there's some great pieces, and and I see some great storylines that are yet to be written. And, and, and I don't know where it's going to come from yet, but there's something about this team. And I don't think I've ever seen Big Blue Nation so down so early in the season. I, I may be forgetting a year or two, you know, how Big Blue Nation is. They're, they're moody as hell. But but seriously, <laughs> I think there's a great storyline to be written on this team. And, and I, as far as optimistic goes, mine's pretty high right now. And I know it's a Louisville game, and that's an easy game to get up for. It was at home. I'll try to read all that into it. But the SEC is going to be tough. But I really have a good feeling about this team and what they're going to do in the SEC. Well, I agree. Uh, uh, go ahead, Benny. I was just going to say, I think part of the reason is there's a lot of negative reporting going on anymore. I mean, I, I follow everything, and it, I'm not blaming anybody in particular either. I'm just saying sometimes you got to have some positive. I mean, all I see is Calipari's not getting it done. Rupp's not full. I mean, that's what we're reading, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I talked well, to some guys at work, and, and these are longtime Kentucky fans. And, and part of it, too, there is, and, and I'm talking people older than Roger and I, and, I, and they might even be, if you added Roger and I, my age, it, they might even be older than that. But they're old-time Kentucky <laughs> fans. And one thing, I know, that's pretty old. But uh, we're not going quite back to Civil War, though, but we're close. But, uh, but uh Guys, one thing that I'm hearing, and this is from a, a good friend's mother, and, uh, of course, she grew up with Kyle Macy and, and Sam Bowie and those guys and, and some great years there. And uh, But that these players are, are just there for one year, one or two years at the most usually, and there's just not a bond between, you know, the fan base and the players anymore. Would you, do you think there's any truth to that? Well, I I know there is, and 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 I say I talk some inconvenient things sometimes about the basketball program that I love, and I think it always comes out as criticism towards the coach. And uh, I I'm very cautious, you know, first of all to say anything about the way any man makes a living, and but uh, as a fan and as somebody that's experienced Kentucky basketball and been a part of it since 1982. Uh, our fans, more than any other fan base in the country, have gone through a lot of changes, okay, with the one and done. And I've, I've been openly critical, uh, justifiably, I think, about our schedule early. 
I not only do I think it's not good for our fans, but I don't even think it's good for uh, uh, developing basketball players. If, if, if you guys were to go out and get the best players in your area and you were going to try to get them ready to go play against really high-level competition, I'm not sure you would be playing a whole lot of less teams. I know Coach Calipari has his philosophy about it. And anybody that steps, there are there is also a part of our fan base that anything you say, anything you say about John Calipari, not only are you not a good fan, but you're a terrible person is really the message. And uh, so there's a pox from my perspective on both houses. And it's not my position to say who is or who isn't going to be the basketball coach, but I love the fans. When you graduate from Kentucky, I'm always going to be truthful. But if I got to pick who my lot is with, I'm going with the fans because the money people up in Lexington, you know, you got to tap dance for them. So I'm out here, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I see it as because uh, I'm a pr- proud member of the Big Blue Nation. They need to make some changes that are legitimate uh, complaints from our fan base. Now, say all that to say this. I'm not advocating that we criticize our head coach, particularly during the season, because I think it can be a distraction. But to sit through eight cupcakes where we're 20-point favorites, okay, you're asking a whole lot from a fan base to get excited. You know, well, we talked about that once before. You put the team in rough arena, it's going to be full, and it's going to be loud just like yesterday. That's just that's how it is. But, I mean, you can't play Louisville every night. I get that. But you can up that competition just a little bit. I really believe that. And I think they're making some moves to try to do that. I don't know if they're making the moves that we want exactly, but they're putting Michigan in there for the home yeah. and home after the London deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, well, and, 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 hey, we played cupcakes in my day, okay? Let me say that, okay? We we had some cupcakes, Okay. But our cupcakes were BYU or somebody like that. I think if you up the level, I mean, I don't, I'm not a gambler. I do watch the point spreads, but maybe go from the, the 20 to 28 point favorite range, maybe down to that, you know, 10 to 15 range where, you know, I think, you know, as a player, you're going to be a little more sharper and realize going into this game that, you know, and, and here's what happens in a game where you're blowing people out, okay? And I played with all the great high school All-Americans. You become tempted to play selfish because you might play, you can play out of offense up 17. I can I can take this guy off of the bounce. Yes, there were some players that Roger Harden could take off the bounce. Those were the cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And, and when, yeah. when Roger Harden started playing out of offense up 17. You know all hell was getting ready to break loose. I'm the assist guy, right? So guys yeah. become tempted to those situations because they're not challenged. And, they're, and they even though it gives them an opportunity to do a few things, you know, I, I'm just not sure that's it. But, hey, you know, that's that's the only criticism that, I, that I've been able to speak about openly on behalf of our fans that I think that needs to get a little bit better. But thank God we're we're through December. We're into the SEC, and that's in the rearview mirror now. So I don't want to be a, a a buzzkill as we go off air because I'm blindly optimistic about Kentucky basketball <laughs> breakout. <laughs> oh, it's not a buzzkill. You know what I'm saying? It's just 
we've just as we've discussed it earlier this year, and I, like I say, I don't think there is no real, there is a real answer to fix it. Think times have changed. I mean, I think ske- mm-hmm. up in the schedule would fix it. I really do believe that. I always have, but I also know you can mm-hmm. have a few games in there just to fill the schedule. Mhm, mhm, and, and and I do think that you know the the, the player turnover. I mean. I don't know. I mean, here I am 35 years later, and I'm talking to you guys on a podcast, and it's because you guys uh, either uh, – you got to watch me for four years. Sometimes I'm sure there were times early in my career you wished I was one and done <laughs> because I couldn't put it in the hoop. But, you know, as when you get to know people, okay, and you see them grow, uh, and, and, and I also think from a fan standpoint, I think of all my friends that I've met, through that basketball program. And I know uh, there's a great line in, in Moneyball where Brad Pitt's got to tell a guy, hey, you're getting ready to get a message that every ball player hears, whether you were an, a Hall of Famer or not. But there's always that one day where somebody's going to tell you it's over. And when it's over, all you got left are your memories and the friends that you made. And I have made so many friends, not only on Big Blue Nation Twitter, but in my four years that, that I was there, that helped me all throughout life, those friendships, those connections. And those are the things that as you get older, you start to value a little bit more. So being a four-year role player at the University of Kentucky was a pretty doggone gig, fellas, let me tell you. <laughs> well, hey, and I, one thing I like to throw out there, and this is kind of a funny spin on it, but, you know, everybody fussed about the Evansville loss. But, Roger, if we don't play these little mid-American teams, these small schools, we're not going to lose to them. Am I right? They don't schedule them. We can't lose to them. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But, uh, you know, I will tell you this. I do see, and I know Evansville was an outlier. They couldn't beat us. Uh, We played them 100 times. I don't think they'd beat us again. But uh, I do see these mid-majors who have these, you know, they've grown over the four years and they're junior and senior heavy. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets. That's the thing that concerns me with this team is their mentality. You've got to respect every opponent every night out. So far, we've played great against good competition. I don't think we took Utah serious. We took Ohio State serious. We took Louisville serious. We took uh, Michigan State serious. The other teams we didn't take serious, and it showed in our play. And the team that we've got to get past that mindset, fellas, because we open up with Wofford or we open up with, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, one of these teams that are killing it in the Mac or somebody Dayton or somebody like that that they've not heard much about. We've got to really respect that because yeah, you, can, you can get snuck up on early and that is over. That's game time then. So that goes hand in hand with what Cal says. And, and, you know, Kentucky is everybody's Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter what school it is. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be 10 buck three university, but they're going to come in mm-hmm. there and they're going to be giving it everything they've got. And, and, you know, I don't think that comes from Calipari because I know he tells the kids, you know, what to expect, and he has them prepared. So it's got to be the players that just sometimes overlook these teams and, and just, you know, but mm-hmm. once again, these are kids, you know, we're talking about and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. hopefully they learn from these losses because they, they don't feel good. And you can tell these players don't like to lose. And, and what a great group yesterday in, in some of the pictures and, and the scenes after that game, 
you know, you could tell these kids were excited, and uh, and it was a big yeah. win. Yeah. Oh, that feeling there, you know, what goes into think, that I win? Think, and, no, go ahead, Lee. Finish it. That was great. No, I just was going to say what goes into that win, you know, they know what it takes, and hopefully they can retain that for every game they play the rest of the year. I, I agree. And, 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 and they're getting ready to get into a part of their experience, especially the freshmen. It's going to be interesting to watch. We're going into true road games where we're playing on the road in the SEC. And they think that guys get lit up on Twitter when they don't play well at home. Wait till they get a load of what's being said to them in the SEC because they'll be waiting for them when they get off the bus. They'll be waiting for them when they come on the court early. They'll be on their butt. And it ain't pretty. But these guys are geniuses. These guys have been through the wars on a personal level. They've played against great AAU players that were older than them as they grew up. They've been on the playground. They've had trash talk to them. I don't worry about that, but it's going to be interesting to see when they run into the adversity on the road, being the officials and the opposing crowd, and how we react to that's going to really help us mature as a basketball team. But how they react to it, I think, is a great indicator as to what they're going to do in the tournament as well. Right, and, and these kids probably have never seen hostile environments like that ever anywhere they've ever played. No, sir, No, they have not. No. Florida, uh, Auburn's going to be wicked. Uh, you know, Alabama, I mean, all of them. I mean, we're Kentucky. They, they live for us to come in. And uh, obviously I think, you know, I would be a bit surprised if we don't jump close back to being a top-10 team. But that, but that adversity is hopefully going to bring our team closer together. They're going to have to rely on each other, like Coach Cal said, and that's going to be a part of their growing process. And I've got uh, great optimism as to how they're going to react to it. So, uh, yeah, we, I think we got now. It'll be interesting to see how we play against Missouri, fellas. I mean, we came yeah. out with a big oh, yeah. emotional win, and when we come back, we need to pick up right where we left off. We don't need to be starting yeah. slow. We need to come back out. We, uh, Our goal our senior year was just the most most chemistry we ever had. We wanted those guys at the end of the bench to get in. We took pride. Let's go out here. If we got Vandy or somebody else, let's see how quick. Can we get them in the game with four minutes to go up 22? Let's force the coach to get the, our voice and playing time. And, you know, because they work their butt off in practice as well. And when you get that kind of mentality going on the inside, great things happen. Uh, you're inspiring your fan base. And it's it's what Kentucky basketball is all about. Well said. Well said, Roger. I agree 100%. I, I just hope that he sticks with the same lineup. But I don't know if he will. You know, he changes a lot. But I, I like that starting lineup. Well, let's talk about that. I got a question with you, okay? Now, All right. do you like you like EJ starting right? You like the five? Did you like quickly and Sustina not starting yesterday? Oh no, I did not like. I, I thought quickly did start. I, I like quickly starting. Honestly, I yeah. like the three guards. I like Nick, yeah. and I actually would prefer prefer yeah. Nick and Nate. I believe right now. 
Yeah, I can, yeah, I can now, tell you mine. I think that's mine too. I think so. But if, did you say quickly, Maxie and Hagen scores, and Nate and Nick? That's that would be. That's my what point. I said. That would, yeah. Yep. But I know yeah, I did good. say when I was mad the other day at Nick that I wanted him benched. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, well, you, here's what kind of fan are you? Are you, you one of the pickle beaters? <laughs> hey, we're all don't do that. Honest, okay? We all have our breaking points. But we all here's the here's what Kentucky fans do. We vent. Here's why when when fans start venting. Yes, of course they do. That's who we are. That's why we are who we are, because we live and diet, okay? But we always come back. We're ready for the next game. We're ready to go. And as soon as the team starts playing well, we don't walk away. Nobody's going anywhere. But I will say this. When you watch John Calipari's teams, I've learned, because I thought last year early, P.J. Washington shouldn't have been starting Remember the terrible start he had? And yes. and when you're on a team and you're producing, you're quickly, you're a Sestina. Hey, everybody says they don't care if they start. But believe me, they want to start. You tempt yeah. that situation. But Cal has a vision of what he thinks is the best version of that team, and he stubbornly sticks to it every year. So if fans yeah. realize that, they might they might disagree with it. But he's not the coach. Now, there's coaches that I played for. Joe B was like that. And I saw – I see him talking yeah. to Joe B, and I'm going, is Joe B putting that in his head? But now Eddie was <laughs> not producing. You're coming out. Yeah. Whoever's producing exactly. is going to get the start, and you're getting the time. And on the inside, that's a little more conducive for chemistry. So, yes, it is. Uh, both Hall of Famers, both with national championships. I'm, I'm talking about Coach Hall, and, and, and Eddie didn't win one, but he went to the Final Four. But both had different philosophies with coaches. So when you watch it, you got to know that's really what's going on to figure out what he's thinking. My thing is, though, PJ had done it before, and you knew he could do it. Some yeah. of these guys, I, and, and I don't want to be negative, but Whitney – being one example, I, some of the shots that he's taking is taking us right out of ball games. I think I really believe that he's taken a couple shots mm-hmm. that killed the flow mm-hmm. and killed the game. Now, am I mm-hmm. wrong on that? No, I agree with you. I don't think but so. Pro- probably what's happened, Benny. I'm surmising is he's probably had some practices where he's been off the charts. And the team has seen it, and he's seen it, and he wants that in game time situations. And I think he, even though sometimes you might not think like I'm thinking, how can you not start Sestina after the Ohio State game? How can you not start Q early? I remember that he uh, quickly was coming in and out. But those guys, I think he knows both those guys have the maturity level that they're willing to go ahead and sit down for some guys to produce, but you tempt the situation a little bit. Because if you see guys getting th- uh, some some opportunities and some some forgiveness here that you might not get where you get yanked, okay, you tempt the situation with your mentality. And, again, I think it's uh, just different ways to coach the basketball team. So what he sees and what we see are probably two different things because he's there at practice and – 
I think, you know, he, he sees a, the version of this team that he wants to try to work the, into existence, and we'll see if he's successful in doing it this year. But I personally prefer if the guy's producing, let's roll. Go with him. I would have start, started Sestina. And the, and the game before that, I would have started Keon Brooks because I thought he had a great game against, was it Georgia yep. Tech? He yes. had a really yep. good game. and had a great first half. I would have started him the second half. Just to motivate EJ, hey, there's a saying in coaching. Yeah. The bench, the bench is a great motivator, my friend. Yes. And that's what I was yeah. talking about last week. Benching both of them. Nate at the five. Let them, let them uh, soak on it for a while. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Brooks but, is my sixth man right now. Brooks would be my sixth man, and and you're right. There's not a better motivating tool than the bench. Yes. So we'll see how he brings it all together. I mean, uh, you know, everybody knows whether you agree with his schedule or some of the one and done down the road, uh, things are going to be coming. It's, uh, uh, it's a little like, uh, if you like hot dogs, don't see how they're made, but, uh, you know, at the end you like the hot dogs. So it's a little (laughs) bit what we see in motion throughout the whole year. It's not always pretty to watch as a fan, but, uh, uh, he's. We needed the program needs a deep run. You know, we need an inspirational team. And yesterday they were inspirational. And as long as they stay glued together with one purpose uh, to go out there and win for the school that's on their chest, I think great things will happen. It won't matter who I, plays because they've all got. They all bring something to the table. I completely agree because I think really good this year would be the same as being. Great in most years. I really believe that. I think if this team can become really good, it, it'll be similar to being great in most years. Yes, I agree with you. Oh, we just don't have, like we don't have that dominant team. No, and, and, you know, I think that we, we could have, and there's a lot of basketball still to be played, and I think that, you know, I'd like to have that feeling that we're we're just invincible by the end of the year. I don't know we'll have that this year because there's still some pretty good teams out there, but a lot of these teams are young. Yes. Well, short of us losing our 15-point lead yesterday, I think, you know, we lost that because I think we lost our intensity on defense. We we were we were running out and, and we were scoring, and they got happy, and they forgot about yeah. defense, okay? Yeah. I, I, we've all, if you played ball, we've all been there, okay? They came back to their defensive intensity, which held off that run. And I think hopefully they'll learn that lesson. We can't do that. Fellas, you want to get out and get happy on the break? God bless you. But don't rest on defense. Don't ever let up on defense. But no. if if they can not care who gets the credit and, 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 and just and stay that together, our fans, I think, are great fans. If we lose – and we saw that we were all out, and we saw the chemistry and the hard work. I think we're great losers. We're disappointed, but I think it's when we don't think, when we don't feel that inspiration from our team like we did yesterday. I think it's 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 constructive criticism, and and the program and the players are due criticism when they don't do that. Because let's be honest. No, no fan base is all in and believes and comes to the game ready to roll like the big blue nation. And as long as our team shows up with with the same mentality and the same cause, 
believe me, take it from a role player. They will love you if you play with heart and you play to win. That's all our fans really care about. Yes, we won a national championship. Yes, we want deep runs. But I know when we lost in 86, people still love that team because we gave them a lot of inspiration. It was because of the chemistry. And there's all kind of teams like that throughout the history of Kentucky basketball that fans remember very fondly that didn't win a national championship. But they gave us some great times, and there was a great vibe inside the Big Blue Nation. So, if we just get to that, great things are going to happen. And that's one thing about Big Blue Nation, Rogers, that I think and you, you've alluded to that several times and just their passion and everything. And and everybody that sits at home and watches this on TV and everybody at the Rupp Arena crowd, they know whether it's a charge or a block. And you said yeah. it earlier in the show tonight that even after a loss, they're at the next game ready to go again. And, and there yeah. is not a more passionate fan base than Big Blue Nation. And let me tell you something. When they're on in Rupp, no crowd in America can work a official like the Rupp Arena crowd. And they were working the refs yesterday. When we oh, when, when In the first three or four minutes, when we got four or five quick whistles, let me tell you something. They were into action, and they were on it. And it does make a difference. You feel it out there. Those refs feel it. And they were on them from the beginning to the very end. And they were phenomenal. So I thought that was great. And and I think they feed off the team and the team feeds off them when everybody's all in for the W for the greatest tradition in college basketball. That's what it's all about. And and Hopefully, we, we, like I've said this a thousand times in this podcast alone, that's really what it's all about. We love watching that. It's the most beautiful thing we can do. Yeah, And Roger. And Roger, as always, thank you for being on tonight. Hey, fellas, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Always good to talk to you. You guys are what Kentucky basketball is all about, and I hope you keep going from border to border because you're good for the program. You know what you're talking about, and it's always an honor to be your stand-in former player. Anytime you need me, all you got to do is drop the dime. Thank you for letting me come on. <laughs> there you go. All right, we love having you on. We just pray we keep you too long most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> no. You, you know, our, you know our, goal is, our goal is to do a podcast live at a Kentucky game with you and, and probably having a few cold ones. But uh, that's well, down the road. Hey. I hope we're going to make that happen. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good week. I'd uh, uh, Let's go, Cats. <laughs> Happy New Year, Rod. See you, Rod. See ya. Okay. And before we get out of here, Benny, I got I got to throw throw a little shade on my buddy out here, and uh, he's a retired high school coach at, from Fern Creek High School there in Louisville, Coach Jack Adams, and uh, L's down, my friend. I'm sorry, but L's down, and uh, I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> Uh, is he a Louisville fan, is he? <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, here it goes. He got on to me yesterday about the foul calls, and he said, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here comes the crying. But, you know, and, and back to that, at least they did get it straight and, and started calling it both ways, which is good. But Jack seems to think that we've gotten the calls 11 out of 13 last game. So, I don't know about that. I think I think it's been pretty good, and I thought yesterday was pretty good, as it turned out anyway. Yeah, like I say, officiating is usually bad both ways anymore. 
So you can pick out five or six plays from each team usually to complain about the uh, refereeing. But when it's eight to one in the fouls, I I think I think it's a little you know you're getting a little happy on one end. <laughs> oh yeah, I tell you what, Benny, we're wrapping up another good show. And as always, it was a pleasure and it was a lot of fun. And it was great having Justin on from Rivals and. Uh, Man, he does a lot of good things out there. Be sure and check him out, Big Blue Nation. And uh, and Roger, I mean, as we, we consider Roger Hart a friend, always great to have you on the show, Roger. And we we'll always love to hear your your side of things and your take on it. And it's always good. I mean, I, I sit here in my little Kentucky heaven and just cheesing. But, uh, but once again, thank you for being on tonight, too. And Benny, it's always good to hear from you. I still didn't get to hear all your things last night. Did you ever get a beer before you left last night? Did they ever serve you one? Oh yeah, I had to send somebody else. A <laughs> I got one. Good. <laughs> but let me tell you, you could have heard a pin drop when they when they run out in that that last touchdown there, and boy, I was up screaming. They were looking at me like, I hate you, <laughs> man. I'll tell you something, though. You know, we didn't talk a lot about the football games yesterday. Man, Kentucky's got a big one coming up Tuesday, folks, so that's going to be a lot of fun, too. Uh, the yeah. belt bowl against Virginia Tech, man. And so all eyes will be on that, and, and we'll probably talk a little bit about that, too, next week. But, but uh, man, the games yesterday, I mean, it was a great sports day, as Matt Jones said. And But i tell you what, that Clemson quarterback, if you looked, I think he had uh, six to eight interceptions early the first part of the season and he had cut those down to none i think his last six games he didn't have any and uh that guy last year what he did was phenomenal and i tell you what man clemson's tough and that's gonna be a good series that's gonna be a good championship uh lsu and clemson and uh but other than that benny thanks again buddy it's all, as always it's, it's great and uh hope you have a good rest of the weekend yep and uh Let's go, Cats. We finally got that big win that we needed, and uh, let's keep moving in the right direction. I think he's finally turned the corner here with these boys, and we'll we'll probably enjoy basketball a lot more in the near future. <laughs> let's go get Missouri. Go, Cats. Well, later, folks.